Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert with you. Rico is down at Memorial Stadium for the press conference uh, with, with Trev Alberts and, and the governor, Hillen, I suppose, is down there as well, uh, talking about this Nebraska volleyball game that's going to happen on Wednesday, August 30th. Uh, the Husker football team opens up their season the following night on the road in Minneapolis uh, playing the Golden Gophers and PJ Flex Squad. Let's bring in uh, one of our good friends of the show, Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, joins us. Zach, what's up, man? How's it going? Man, Nick, I'm uh, kind of sad Rico's not uh, not in the booth with you today because I had a little short story for you guys. I uh, wanted to wait until we were on the air to share. Um, because, Nick, I saw your tweet. For those who don't know, Nick tweeted out a couple days ago something about a couple he overheard a couple breaking up at a coffee shop right oh, yeah yeah please don't please tell me you don't know them no i don't know them okay. i just know uh i know all about that experience i uh i reconciled a relationship at a coffee shop <laughs> and uh went through a breakup in that same relationship also at the same coffee shop um so i i know what uh, that experience is like and now now i'm retroactively thinking like god like, you know, who uh, who was tweeting about uh, <laughs> about my breakup back then? Who overheard everything then? So, well, I'm, well, so no, I'm sorry, it thinks the thing. Yeah, well, so that's what's freaky is like I, I did not expect that tweet to kind of get as much traction as it did. Um, unfortunately, it, it kind of blew up just a little bit. And now I felt kind of bad because, like, oh, you, I mean, you know this, Zach. Like, our, our followers on social media are, are mostly Husker fans and mostly, you know, sport fans. And so that's kind of the demographic of Twitter that we reach. But when a tweet gets a certain amount of likes, you never know and who likes it, right? You never know who's going to see it. And I thought, oh, no, this is this is going way out of my out of my usual demographic of, of the people or audience that I usually reach, I suppose. Like, this could get dicey, and I hope I'm, I'm just praying and hoping that I don't get a DM from them saying, hey, I appreciate it if you don't if you keep my business off the off the Twitter sphere. Yeah, you could open up some wounds there. I mean, you open up one of my past wounds, and I'm kind of taking up for like five minutes. I'm like, ah, I remember that day. That sucked. Yeah. So, it went from being an awesome day to, and two months later, uh, just a, a rough one. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure hopefully you know, uh, the, the couple involved didn't see it. But, yeah. Let's oh, hope. well, you, you kept the name off of them. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't even know the name, you know, but. It, the, the best part, and we don't need to get too deep into this. The best part about the whole entire situation is from what I could gather, the girl was cheating on the guy, but the guy was trying to save the relationship. And I just sat there going, something, something's not adding up here where this is how this is supposed to go. That's just rough. It's rough all around. <laughs> You'd hate, hate to see it. Yeah. All right. Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska joining us here on the happy hour. Zach, um, just released about, oh, let's see, two hours ago now, around 1130 that Nebraska volleyball is going to be playing a game in Memorial Stadium. I believe the the one prior to them will be an exhibition game between Wayne State and UNK. Then it's going to be UNL and UNO squaring off. And then a concert to follow. I mean, how big of an event is this? And, and is it a no-brainer since Nebraska has two buys, or excuse me, two road games, rather, to, to begin the season? Yeah, I mean, first off, I think it was Rico who said uh, he was uh, taking a guess at who the, the – 
TBA artist might be. He was guessing Jason Gavrulo, who was uh, yeah. now a recent owner of, uh, I can't remember the team, he, the volleyball team he said, but it's like, oh, that'd be interesting and fun. But uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's huge news. Um, just from a, a growth of the game standpoint, I mean, John Cook and others have talked about the growth of college volleyball as a sport over the past year, two years. And uh, this is another signal of that, right? And uh, I know um, Amy Williams had talked about, uh, I think it was like two months ago, maybe longer, about the growth of just women's sports in in, uh, general in Nebraska with women's basketball and volleyball in particular, how Creighton, Creighton women's basketball and volleyball are both just continuing to um, to trend upwards, or for Nebraska, stay at that that upper echelon, and uh, a bunch of other the the smaller schools and UNO as well um, in the state. So it's just another signal of that. Um, and so so it's a it's a big day for uh, for the sport and for for Nebraska women's sport, Nebraska volleyball at both uh, Lincoln and Omaha. Now, not that uh, it necessarily matters a whole lot. Who who do you want to see in the con in the concert? Because I threw out Post Malone because I, I so I'm a huge Post Malone fan. But Post Malone in Memorial Stadium would be something special in my eyes. Man, I'm a good cheat because he's already coming to Omaha. I think in July. I want to see oh. Chris Stapleton. Oh, that would uh, be good. I, so I, I let's just do two Chris Stapleton concerts because I want to I want to try and get tickets to that. I actually. Funny story, I haven't been to like a legit concert ever in my life where it was just like a, a country music concert or rap concert, what have you. I've never like a full on show before, so I want to get to that one. Um, we're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska with us. All right, moving on to, to football here. Uh, th- there's a lot of talk, obviously, about Dylan Ryola, and we'll get to hear him here in a moment. But there's another guy about 200 and so miles away from here in Carter Nelson, whose recruitment has really blown up. I mean, since February 16th, I mean, Alabama, Georgia, Purdue, Illinois, um, Texas A&M, Texas, and just a laundry list of others have all come to the table for for Carter Nelson's services. I mean, how how big is this recruitment getting to where he's becoming priority 1B for Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. I mean, objectively awesome to see um, a guy from small-town Nebraska, especially playing eight-man football, get the sort of national recruiting attention that he's been getting. I mean, it's a, it's a little bias, I guess, um, said objectively, but it is a little bias for me because I grew up in a small town and, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, less than 3,000 people, less than 3,500 people. Um, so from that standpoint, it's, it's pretty awesome. He's getting that attention, but yeah, I mean, it's showing how you can find talent anywhere. I mean, he's six, four, six, five, 215 pounds, he's a basketball star as well. Um, and Alabama's finding him in the, in the middle of small town, Nebraska and, uh, Michigan, Texas, Georgia. Now, like you said, um, and I think it's becoming, like you said, Priority one B or priority two? I think Dylan Rayola is such a massive priority. I think I want to give him uh, the top slot independently, but number one in-state target for sure. I think uh, he he takes that precipice. Um, and I think 2024, I believe, is the class uh, that that's been sort of hyped up as having a lo- being loaded with in-state talent. You're seeing that with uh, with Carter Nelson, Danny Kalen, Davon Hall. 
Caleb Betting and several others. I know I'm going to be forgetting to mention, but it's uh, yeah, it's just another sign of that. Well, and Zach, although it's it's pretty early to to, I'm not asking for a prediction necessarily, but I mean, you kind of feel like this staff has been in and in the thick of it with all those guys up to this point. I mean, they've figured out a way, and I guess this leads into the kind of the next question to balance the recruitment of Dylan Riola and try to, I mean, be in the thick of that race, but then also stay in communication with, with Danny Kalen, who's a four-star quarterback as well. It's the most fascinating question. I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up because for me, when looking at recruiting, especially in the 24 class, that's the most fascinating question in that cycle for me yeah. um, when it comes to Nebraska. Because And I wanted to, Wanted to ask Matt Rule that at the last press conference, but like you can't mention obviously per rules, can't mention any prospects by names. The coaches can't. Yeah. So it's like I had the question worded properly, um, but gonna be saving that up for next time, uh, one of the next times we talk to him because I'm curious, like how do you balance that out? Of we have our number one target at the most important position, number one quarterback target, number one target period. We, we know that guy. He knows it. It's been communicated to him directly. I'm sure it's been communicated to, to Danny Kalen. Um, so I'm curious how Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, those guys would, uh, would answer that. Like, how are you balancing that out? Because when you're going all in on a, such a high-profile recruitment where Dylan Rayola can wait as long as he wants uh, to, to pick a school and um, – there will always be a spot for him at every school in the country. Um, he, he's that good. But Danny Kalen, I mean, quarterbacks are notoriously, they're one of the first three to five commitments in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, well, historically, at least recent history. And um, so it's like you balance out, all right, we're playing the long game with Dylan, but we're also, we're also um, to use a recruiting term, keeping Danny Kalen warm. But Danny might want to have his decision locked in before the summer or early summer. So it's such a fascinating balance to try and strike for this staff. And um, I mean, I'm curious how they would, they would answer that question too. Yeah. And one more thing on Danny Kalen, what's, what's crazy that, that our listeners might not realize um, everybody knew the name Zane Flores from, from his senior year and, and his recruitment to Oklahoma state. Statistically, Danny Kalen had a better year last year as a as a uh, junior than than Zane Flores did so that's definitely one to watch and I, I agree with you Zach just such a fascinating angle on how you balance the recruitment and make them both feel like a priority when I mean Caitlin's not an idiot he understands that Dylan Ryle is the number yep. one player in the country exactly I think I mean recruiting is such an inter strongly inter- interconnected network and especially at quarterback these guys all know each other or at least know of each other even yeah. if they don't know each other directly so he knows the situation, and as long as as Rule and his his, uh, his staff is being forthcoming and being honest and saying Dylan's our guy, however they want to phrase that, but as long as they're being honest, and I have no reason to believe they wouldn't be uh, be honest with them based on um, track record and what we've been hearing out of the out of all these recruiting stories and anecdotes about them recruiting all over the state, all over the country. I'm real- Real quick, I wanted to tell my own like real quick funny story about Zane Flores. Yeah. Uh, back back in April, I went to the uh, Indianapolis the rivals Indianapolis camp series, and uh, he was working out there. Um, this is back covering Ohio State and South Carolina recruiting, so I didn't pay attention to 
Zane Flores at all. He wasn't an Ohio State or South Carolina target. And so I just watched him like working out, and I was like, ah, he's pretty good. And then just kind of logged it away. And then I come to find out months later, like Nebraska fans would be sitting there like, uh, yeah, he's good. <laughs> and then just to find out every everything that happened there is just kind of retroactively funny looking back at it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily funny to Husker fans to, if, if, <laughs> if you're, if you're part of that group that kind of knows how the events played out with, with him and the coaching staff and then the interim coaching staff, it's just a wild, wild couple of months. It was uh, in Nebraska football. Okay. Looking forward, Zach, and just, just a couple more before we let you go. We're talking to Zach Carpenter of inside Nebraska, Zach, um, that March 25th weekend, it's shaping up to be huge for Nebraska. Obviously, Dylan Riola. Now, first of all, he debunked the rumor that he canceled his Georgia visit. He is still visiting Georgia the weekend before on March 18th. And so from a month from today would be that Friday leading into that big, huge recruiting weekend um, where, where Dylan Riola and, a, and a, a list of others are going to be there. I mean, how big is that weekend shaping up? And then how important is it for Nebraska staff to, to bring in high-quality receivers and targets and guys that would be playing around Dylan Riola on the field just so he can kind of get a feel and get to know some guys if he ends up coming to Nebraska? Yeah, it's a big weekend. Um, I, I always look forward to, it feels like, um, the top-tier schools. They always, in the spring and the summer, they always – zero in on one big weekend. I mean, for Nebraska, last summer, it was that June 3rd through 5th official business weekend where they strategized, all right, let's get them all in early. I think it was like 15 official visitors mm-hmm. um, all on campus at the same time. And uh, that March 25th is shaping up to be that, that weekend in the spring for the Huskers. And um, I'm curious what sort of show they'll put on of, uh, I'm sure there'll be some sort of scrimmage or fun, like uh, like seven on seven deal that the team does, because it'll be a recruiting event as well as a, a legitimate practice. But they'll have some sort of extra um, flavor in their extra kick, because um, I know in in the summer at Ohio State they had one um, in April that was a huge recruiting weekend where they had Jeremiah Smith and Brandon Ennis and all the five stars <laughs> from Florida in for. For a huge weekend, then they had this uh, seven on seven or eight on eight. I think they even went eleven on eleven, um, like li- not live scrimmage, but like full on, like full speed. And it was really fun to watch. And it was for as part of uh, um, student appreciation day, mm-hmm. where everyone got to see it too. Fans got excited, recruits got excited, and um, they wound up getting commitments from three of the fi- the all three five star receivers that were there, and also who was there that that day was Dylan Rayola. So I'm um, interested to see what Nebraska's going to have in store, um, something similar or um, or not. But uh, sorry, what was your other question? Just about the oh, the receivers, yeah, uh, just... high quality receivers. Yeah, it, that's something we talked about before. Is um, if you're prioritizing Dylan Rayola, he's going to want to have some high quality pass catchers to throw to and um, have reliability at that position. I mean, he's going to know he's not going to have the same type of uh, stock full of talent that he would see from that position at Ohio State or Georgia or um, USC, even with like guys like Zach Branch over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that's either through the transfer portal or recruiting um, receiver still a um, hot commodity when you're trying to influence and sort of do a proof in the pudding 
thing with, with a guy like Rayola. Zach, I, I, I hate to ask this question every single time we talk to you, but I mean, it's such a, such uncharted waters where Nebraska is at right now. I mean, has Nebraska kind of, with Todd Munkin leaving Georgia to go to the Baltimore Ravens and them hiring Mike Bobo, um, I know I know the Riola family is extremely close with Matt Stafford, who went to Georgia, and that's a big reason why Georgia's in the conversation um, on top of all their, their national success, obviously. But, I mean, is Nebraska – how far or how long do you see this thing kind of playing out? I mean, could could we be nearing a decision in early April after, the, after he takes his couple visits? Yeah, I can't put a timeline on it because I'm not sure. Like, I know all this – all the reports and um, rumors that, that Dylan's taking his time, it's going to be um, a slow burn in his recruitment. They're all true. I mean, I've said myself and, uh, and several others have is like, I don't see this going like forever, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be wrapped up um, soon, soon. I, I've said now for what month and a half, two months that it was, it was not going to be wrapped in March, there wouldn't be a decision in March, and I'm uh, holding to that. I'm not sure if it'll be wrapped up in April. Either way, I think no matter what the decision is, it's going to be well thought out and, I mean, well vetted. I think I, I know I've said that before to you guys. The first time when he committed to Ohio State, it was an emotional decision, and then he wanted to take a step back and mm-hmm. uh, make sure that he was reassessing and evaluating every detail that he needs to to make that sort of that perfect decision. Um, so, yeah, Nebraska is a real player in it. Remain a real, a real, um, a real player in this. Georgia, USC said now for a while. I think USC is sort of uh, when it was shaping up where it looks like it could be Nebraska versus Georgia. I was saying USC is a dark horse, but like the lightest of dark horses. <laughs> I mean. We don't need to go through Lincoln Riley's track record. Yeah. Those two, Rayola and Lincoln Riley, are uh, um, have, a, have a strong bond, and um, it'd be hard not to take USC seriously. But there's there's other schools involved, but um, just uh, those are just three to name right now. It's just it's so fun to talk about the fact of the number one overall player in the country who um, who's getting the Patrick Mahomes comparisons and who and a kid who has dreams and aspirations of not just being in the NFL, but being one of the NFL's greats. Um, it's, it's exciting stuff. And mm-hmm. even though maybe it gets oversaturated and people get tired of hearing about it, I, uh, it's, it's one of those stories that's deserving of the coverage. All right, Zach, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll let you go. Uh, I look forward to the next time that we talk, and I get to ask you that very same Dylan Rowell question at the end of the interview. Hey, we got quotas to meet, man. We we gotta we gotta hit them. So I, hey, I understand. Hey, Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska is a player. That's all we need to know. Nebraska's in the thick of it, and it's February twenty fourth. So we're doing just fine. Yep, gotta love it. All right, Zach. Hey, appreciate it as always, man. Have a good rest of your Friday. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate you guys. That is Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska. Appreciate him as always. Let's uh, get to break. We'll wrap up the week coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.